0: Well, I don't want to confuse you, but to, so today is uh, a feast day in the church. It's the baptism of our Lord by John. and so the readings and the collect were all about that. And now i'm going to preach something completely different. So um, <laughs> don't get lost by that. But um, we're going to be starting to talk about fear, and I 'm going to say more about that. And if you if you go back and look at some of you will know um, for like 50 something years, Ann Landers, there was a column in the newspaper that was an advice column to Ann Landers and Back in her heyday, this is obviously before email, um, she got 10,000 letters a week with different things. And she was asked at one point in the middle of all this, like all these 10,000 letters every single week, is there one main topic that dominates everything each week? And she said, oh yeah, without doubt, fear. Number one thing. And that continues on right down to this day, right? Maybe even more so. There was a survey that I saw that came out this summer, in in the summer of 2017, that's this global survey security index survey done where every three years or so they do this survey, and it shows that between 14 and 17, the amount of fear and anxiety in the United States went way up. And I'm not gonna get into politics or anything else, but there are probably reasons for it of one way or the other. But but people's anxiety and fear has gone up, and all of us experience at some level, right? It reminds me a little bit of the story of the um, little boy and his dad who were out. And the little boy turns to his dad and says, Dad, you know, are you, are you afraid of spiders? And the dad says, no, I'm not afraid of spiders. And he says, well, are you afraid of robbers? He says, no, no, I'm not afraid of robbers. He says, well, are you afraid of snakes? No, I'm not afraid of snakes. He says, are you, are you afraid of ghosts? He says, no, I'm not afraid of ghosts. He says, Dad, Wow mommy must be the only thing you're afraid of. (laughs) We're all afraid of something, right? right. We're all afraid of something. And that's, so we're starting this sermon series as we start a new year where we're going to look at fear. And the Bible actually has a lot to say about it. It actually, if you get super literal, it has more to say in literal terms, and we can talk about other ways, but in literal terms, it has more to say about fear than it does about actually about heaven. It has lots to say. We're going to just do three weeks. We're going to talk about fear of the future, or sort of, and fear sort of generally today. We're going to talk about fear of failure next week. The week after that, we're going to talk about fear of commitment. Um, but today we're talking about this fear of the future, right? And I saw one survey result that said that the number one fear of people is that they're afraid of public speaking. Their second greatest fear is death. And... Um, on reading these results, uh, once upon a time, apparently this is perennial. This, these results continue on and on. But at once upon a time, uh, Seinfeld read these and said, this is messed up. That means if you're going to a funeral, you would rather be in the coffin than doing the eulogy? <laughs> what? But we, we're, all these things we learn, right? Because there, the scientists tell us there are only two fears we're born with. The two fears we're born with are loud noises and falling. Every other fear you have, you've learned since you were born. And they're lives, right? We've got all these extraordinary fears that we have that go up and down and rage, but like various levels of terror or um, nuclear stuff with North Korea and possibilities of war, global warming, all these extraordinary things. But all of us face fears in life, just in ordinary life. What's going on with my career? Am I going to be unemployed? What's happening with that? All, am I going to have money for retirement? Or, or all the relationship fears. Am I ever going to find the right person? I found the right person. Did I, you know, did I mess up? Is that, where's that going? All that kind of stuff. Or all these fears about children. Am I ever going to have them? Or now I've had them, and now I'm really scared. <laughs> you know, all of these kinds of, of things that, that, that weigh on us. But some way or the other, they're all related to what's going to happen out in the future. And if you really look at it, there are probably two aspects of that that I think really catch us. One of which is we don't know what's going to happen, right? We, do, we don't know the future. And you can think about, whenever I think about that point that we don't know what's coming, I always think about the medieval cartographers. Because whenever they would get to the edge of the map where they didn't know what was next, what was out there, the unknown, they would always put, there, there be dragons. You know, and draw the little dragging out there because the unknown meant something scary. And that's something that's, that resonates deep deep with us, right? And, and the other aspect of it is that whatever's going to happen, we know deep down we don't control it, right? One of the scary things for me in the last uh, couple weeks is I got a hold of a place where I was reading um, how Amazon is a little bit big brother for us here because Amazon, if you own a Kindle, they're keeping up with what people are highlighting, and so like um, this was the most popular sentence highlighted in the Hunger Games was this sentence right here, because sometimes things happen to people and they're not equipped to deal with them. I mean, it's just, that's the number one highlighted thing. We don't, we, we're not in control. We may not be ready for whatever it is that's next. And I think that's what contributes so much to our fear and it would be okay if all this stuff was sort of academic or off on the side, but the reality of it is living with fear affects us, right? I mean, they've done these studies that it affects our health. If you live in chronic fear, it will affect you physically in your health. And result, uh, you're a more propensity to have chronic health issues if you're living with, with high levels of fear or just even your potential. How much does fear keep you down? from trying whatever that next thing is, you know, whatever it is. Or relationships. They say the greatest barrier to intimacy is fear or some aspect of it. And you go on and on. There are all kinds of stuff. We keep talking about all these ramifications that come from it. Proverbs 12 talks about how um, our hearts are weighed down by fear. The Fear will weigh down your heart. And so where we want to turn with this and just talk about is that's not what I think God plans for us. God wants us to be free and experience something different than that, right? And Scripture says a lot about it. I want to just say two things from Scripture today about fear. And the first of which is to go to um, the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter 4, where it says, in perfect love there is, there is no fear. And it goes on right after that to say that perfect love drives out fear. So the more that we engage in love and ultimately in the perfect love of God, the more it will get fear out of our lives. So I think for us, the task on that is to see God's love and to um, be aware of it and to receive it and to really bask in it, right? I mean, my question is, If you could spend some moment every single day, start of your day, whatever, where you just stop and reflect on how much God loves you, it will make your day less fearful, less anxious. It will make everything about your day better. And part of our question is figuring out how do we do that, right? For me, I think looking on a crucifix reminds me how much God loves me. Or reading Psalm 8. Or doing something where you just mindfully, consciously recognize how much God loves you, and it's not a performance. It's whatever, um, it's God's grace. It's not what you do, it's just what he does, right? So that's the first piece of it. And right along with that, like the second thing also in 1 John 4 is that we're meant to share that love. So we get it from God, we bask in it, we receive it. And the part of our job in the world is to go around sharing it, this unconditional love. And Christians have messed this up at times, right? a lot of times people are like, oh, they're the legalistic group. Instead of recognizing and figuring out that the church should ultimately be a place where people experience some aspect of God's love through us. And the more we do that, it knocks us off being our centered selfishness and being more about sharing this gift from God and it pushes out fear. I think that's the first thing. All this aspect of love pushing out the fear. And the second thing that I'll say today and sort of the final thing on this is is The more we focus in on God's call on our lives to be about His kingdom, the less we're affected by fear. So the more we're focused on God's call to each of us in here as Christians to be about serving Him and trying to honor Him with our lives, the the less we experience any torment from fear, right? I mean, the the more we we do it that way. It's like um, the illustration of, I think Bill might have taken up for the New Year's um, tightrope walking. No, no, okay. (laughs) But if you had taken it up, they say that people who take it up, that the, the rookie mistake is people get on the line and they want to look at their feet. But apparently that's not what you do. You're supposed to look up at where you're headed. And I think there's a real place in Scripture where that's exactly what God's telling us in life. Don't be looking at all this be looking at what he's calling you to ultimately, like the, this journey in, deeper into his kingdom. And Matthew 6 basically says that. You know, he's been, Jesus has been telling his disciples, teaching them all these hard stuff. You can only have one master. It's God or money. And, and their thought is, well, how are we going to eat? How are we going to take care of ourselves? Get practical, Jesus. And Jesus is like, no, no, I, I know all that. I know you've got to be covered and fed and all this other stuff. But seek God's kingdom first. And all this other stuff is going to work out. Look at where I'm calling you to and where we're going with it. Think about how you're engaged. And for us, as we start a new year, I think as we're busy getting out our new calendars and planning out our year and thinking all this stuff, it's about submitting our plans to God. What do you want? Where are you in this? Submitting all that to him and saying yes yes to him on what he wants in our lives and where we're going with it and just turning away from anxiety and fear in it. I thought it was, I, I will say this, that the, one of the interesting things on this Amazon deal, I was talking about this Big Brother deal. So the people who read their Bibles on Kindle, the most highlighted passage of Scripture surprised me. I was thinking it was going to be John 3.16 or something like that about our salvation or whatever. It's not. The most highlighted passage of Scripture for people who use Kindles is Philippians 4, 6 to 7, which is a familiar verse. We talked about it last summer. But it's this verse that tells us not to be anxious. It says, Do not worry about anything. Don't fear. Don't worry. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will abide in your hearts. So it's this idea of bringing it to God and committing it to God um, as a way of finding His peace. And I think that's, people are highlighting that because I think it rings true. Right? And we know it's, and that's the place we're called to. So I think these two, there are lots more things we could say, but these two things engaging God's love, receiving it, basking in it, sharing it, pushes fear out of our lives. Keep drilling down on submitting to God and saying, Your will be done, and seeking His plans in our lives, and looking at that as, as we walk helps us not to be anxious or to be fearful. And I think it brings us back to what Jesus talks about in Matthew 7 about building our lives on rock and not on sand. Doing those things puts us in, solid, in a solid place to deal with whatever is headed our way. I want to end with a story, and it's, um, it's not really a happy story, but I think it's a good one for thinking about this role of fear and these things we've been talking about. And it goes back to this uh, woman named Kayla Mueller that some of you may remember, because it was only a couple years ago that she was in the news, but... Um, okay, so she was 26 years old. She'd gone to Northern Arizona University where she was in campus ministry. And then after that, she went into doing humanitarian work. And she was working in Southern Turkey. And then she did this trip where she went into Syria. And she went with another uh, guy to a Doctors Without Borders hospital in Aleppo. They were there one day to do something. And then when they were leaving, they got She got kidnapped. And they all got kidnapped that were with them. And um, ultimately, there were five other people with Doctors Without Borders who later got kidnapped as well. And, but the thing was, the reason she was different, she was the only American who should not have been there. That's a different sermon. Um, but in the course of this, she realizes things aren't great. And she writes a letter to her parents And she asks three other women from Doctors Without Borders who were with her, would you try to sneak this out? Because I'm an American. I don't think I'm going to get out, but I think you will. And they did that. So the three of the other women got out, and they eventually delivered this letter to her parents. And this is part of what she says in this letter. She first starts out by saying, I'm doing okay right now, and I'm terribly, terribly sorry for putting you through the misery I know you're in because of where I'm at. And then she continues on, and she says this. I remember mom always telling me that all in all, the end, the only one you really have is God. I've come to place in experience where in every sense of the word, I've surrendered myself to our creator because literally there was no one else. She goes on to say, by God and by your prayers, I have felt tenderly cradled in free fall. She adds, I have been shown in darkness, light, I've learned that even in prison, one can be free. I'm grateful. I've come to see that there's good in every situation. Sometimes we just have to look for it. She concluded, be patient. Give your pain to God. I know you would want me to remain strong. This is exactly what I'm doing. Do not fear for me. Continue to pray as I will. All of my everything, Kayla. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you that you love us so amazingly. Help us to ponder the depths and width and just incredible enormity of your unconditional love for us. And from that place, may we push out all fear. May we share your love with others as we seek to do the work of your kingdom. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.